let everyone know who you are, what you're all about, and uh, what you got going on in your life. Okay. Damn, you sound like Sean Evans. <laughs> <laughs> I do watch a lot of hot on, ones. Really. Yeah. Yeah, it's a good show. Um, but yeah, I'm I go by MMX VII, uh, which is 2017 in Roman numerals. Uh, but most people just call me 17. Uh, if you feel ever so inclined, you can call me Nolan as well. That's my actual name. But most people just call me 17 for short. Um, I make music. I'm a content creator, uh, and I am doing it full time. Surprisingly, despite the numbers you may see. So um, that'll lead to some interesting topics. Today, I'm, I'm sure of it. So, yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Damn, I didn't know you were doing it full-time, too. But I, I guess the first things I noticed of you, I mean, first I saw one of your videos, and I watched a couple more. Like, YouTube just recommended them. Um, and then I looked up your music, and I was like, oh, you actually have good music, and you got people listening to it. It's not like I didn't go on there and see, like, 10 monthly listeners. Like, you have, like, tens of thousands, mm-hmm. I believe. I forget what the number was. Well, I think it's sitting get... around, like, 25,000 right now, which is pretty yeah. nice. It is pretty nice. And um, you kind of kind of came out of nowhere. Like you, you've been you've grown relatively fast in terms of like the YouTube game, which is cool. But um, so I think there's a few things we can talk about. Obviously, there's the whole Spotify and the music streaming marketing thing and the YouTube growth. What would you like to start with? <laughs> um, hmm. We could. Well, I started doing music first, so we could start with music if you wanted. Yeah. Yeah, what's what's been your uh, music journey in life? Um, okay, so I guess it kind of starts back when I did design. So in 2014, when I got in grade nine, um, on the first day I met somebody. His name's Iotis. You might be able to find him under Iotis or Iotis World on like all platforms. And he uh, he had just started doing graphic design in the COD community. It's like doing headers and ABIs and stuff like that. And when I met him, we like started hanging out. I went to his house and he's like, yo, so I do this thing called graphic design. You want to see what I do? And so I was like, sure. I checked it out and I was already really artistic doing like, you know, realism pencil art. And I actually got pretty good at it. But then I thought this was super cool because I loved like digital design and stuff. And I saw it on like Instagram and Twitter, but I never like really considered it as like a career path. Mm-hmm. Then he showed me and I was like, yo, this is super cool. Like show me how to do this. So then he gave me the basics uh, my parents bought me Photoshop for uh, like an early birthday present. And then I started just grinding my ass off in Photoshop. Um, and that became like my huge passion for a really long time. Like so much so that I went to school for it. Um, nice. And then uh, in 2017, which I guess can lean to uh, my name, um, I ended up uh, like I was considering doing music like before 2017. But uh, 2017 rolled around and um, my girlfriend's best friend, who is also a close friend of mine, uh, we ended up losing him to suicide. And so that was like a really tough time. Um, The whole like, like we're from a very small town, like 20,000 people in the whole county. And like everything's like, like the nearest city is like an hour and a half away. So um, very isolated. And it was like a huge striking incident on the town for sure. Uh, Following that, Eight other people of varying ages, high school students, adults, ended up committing suicide the same year. Um, what the, what the and hell? so <laughs> that's it, like, it, that's crazy. I know. And it, it was like a very tough year. Um, you know, it brought the ones who were close, closer, it brought those who were further away, pushed them even further. Like there was like way more separation between people, but then, you know, the tight knit groups became became closer and I was like you know what 
he wanted to do music and I've been wanting to do music for a really long time. I'm gonna like lead that legacy for him and like run with this. I'm gonna do it. And I'm just gonna stick to my my roots of wanting to do something I enjoy for the rest of my life. Because, um, you know, when you lose somebody to any incident, but mm. like suicide yet alone at such a young age, it's like, yeah, like I don't know how long my life is gonna be. So like, I can't care about my retirement so heavily or like making a, a six figures by the time I'm 30 or something. Like I just want to be able to survive comfortably in whatever bracket that is doing something I enjoy. Cause I don't think it'll make much of a difference on my mental health. If I'm making 50 or uh 250 K a year, if, as long as I'm doing something I like. So yeah, I started doing music um, and that kind of took over. And then I graduated school, burnt out of design and here we are. Jesus. Yeah. <laughs> that's a lot. That's, that's heavy stuff. That's, that's crazy how after like in that one year, all those other people kind of went the same way. Like that's, that's like almost spooky. Yeah. You know? I know it's wild. Yeah. Well, on a, um, on a, I guess a, a brighter note, like when, mm -hmm. um, when did you start like actually, um, I guess trying to get people to hear your music? And what was the journey with that? So I, like, obviously at some point you start making music and then you start figuring out how to record your music. And then at another point you realize no one's listening to it and then you got to figure out how to promote it. So what was that, that journey like? And like, what have you tried that failed? What have you tried that worked? <laughs> um, okay, so I'd say for the first two years, I didn't really focus on promotion. The first year was definitely just me like trying to figure out how to record. Yeah. Um, the first song that I ever recorded I recorded the audio into Audacity. I mean, everyone starts <laughs> there. But I had no idea, like, my brain was must have been so scattered to not even realize that it was an audio editing program because I just recorded it into it, exported it, and I was like, I know how to edit a bit of audio with effects in Adobe After Effects. <laughs> so I put my audio in there on a black screen, and I used the bass and treble and... Uh, reverb plugins like just minorly wow. and then i posted the song as is and i was like using mp3 converters to like turn the mp4 oh. into an mp3 oh, and then geez. i put it up and i did that for like three releases and then i decided okay i should probably look up a tutorial how to record <laughs> and I, I started using audacity like a little bit my friends also got into making music around the same time so we were all using audacity and like just yeah. using the crappy plugins that it has um just making it work i guess um, I went from recording on whatever, like I started using a $30 wish mic at my house. And then Ooh. I went to using uh, a zoom mic that you use for, uh, a videography that my friend had. Um, uh, like it was just doing whatever just to make a yeah. song. Um, and so that oh was like the God. first year, second year, I kind of like got a bit of a grip. I figured out what like pop filters were. I bought like a, uh, a decent microphone for myself. I don't remember what it was. It was like it was a blue, I think it was just a snowball or something, which like was yeah. better than what I was using, but obviously not good. Um, and then I was recording on that for a bit. Um, and then of course I was in college at some point uh, and I started making songs that I'm like, okay, I know how to actually kind of do this. Like I'm figuring out flows. I got auto tune. I'm using uh, Adobe audition at this point now because mm. I had the creative suite for school. And right. uh, that was the only audio editing program that was like, a pay for program that I had access to. So I just started using it and I still use it to this day. Oh, you, you um, make all of your music in Adobe audition. 
for the wow. most part. Yeah. That's that's kind of that's impressive, honestly, because that that's not like like it's technically a da, but I don't mm-hmm. think it's made for for making music. Like I think it's more for dialogue, right? <laughs> yes, a hundred percent. But on the contrary, the recording I use FL Studio. Like I have the full edition now too. Okay. Um, but. I record everything in there and then do my bass vocal chain. I don't really do any effects or my masters in there. It's just the recording process in FL sucks so bad. Yeah, like I hate it. it. So I just record into there and then do like the bass stuff and then move it over uh, for like glitch effects or, you know, panning automation, stuff like that. Cause it's way yeah. smoother. Right. Right. Damn. I'm, you should get, do you use a Mac or do you use windows? I use windows. Yeah. I got a oh, custom okay. build. I don't say, uh, logic is like fantastic and super cheap um right i use ableton and logic i do like all my productions all my my like electronic productions in ableton and then all my metal work and rock work and logic but then all my vocals are in logic because the the comping features and the flex features are like phenomenal and ableton they kind of start trash for, for, right. for vocal recording in particular but that's crazy man that you do <laughs> audition with a little bit of premiere that's wild i've never heard of anyone doing it like that right so so do you do all of your own all of your own productions or do you do you like um ever work with with anyone else for the instrumental side is it like 100 percent you from scratch every time no so uh i started with youtube beats and i used those for a really long time just the free ones i'd buy like the mp3 lease and just go with that um then this producer who I work with consistently, uh, he lives in France now, so he's asleep, but um, I'm sure he'd be here. He, his name's Beats by Luke, and him and I are like, we're literally like this. We make almost every track together now. Yeah. Um, we have so much in the vault that's like coming out this year, and like I'll go on YouTube still, record over some beats, send him acapellas, and then he'll produce like a personalized beat for it using like, you know, uh, um, licensed loops and, and whatever. Yeah, so yeah. like, I actually have the exclusive to the song. I don't have to pay for a lease. We do like 50, 50 splits on everything. Um, and so nice. I finally got this nice, like interconnected circle of like artists and producers that, um, you know, actually want to do that and like grow together. So it's huge. I feel like I've finally perfected like a nice workflow. That's good legally and, <laughs> uh, <Right>. financially. <laughs> yeah. So. so when it comes to the, um, um, getting music heard aspect of it. What have you found to be the most like beneficial in, in growing your audience? Hmm. Okay. So <laughs> you talk a lot about Facebook ads and I love yeah. that because I think they're extremely powerful. Any type of marketing, like if you were to go- do Google ads for like music videos and stuff like that, like I feel like they're, they've got such a major reach, like they, that's their whole thing. So yeah. um, I think that's, a major one, but I don't invest enough into it. Um, so for me, it's a funny story because when I started like trying to figure out how to promote, I heard that Spotify playlisting was where it was at. And so I learned how to pitch to like official mm-hmm. curators, but then I also knew like, oh, people sell placements on you know their own playlist. But I had little to no understanding about like bot plays or anything. So at this point, yeah. I uh, had a few connections with people like other artists that had used playlisting companies. So I used one of them and I said, Hey, um, if I were to you like do all your playlist cover designs and like graphic design for your, uh, Instagram and social medias and stuff in exchange for promotion, would you be down for that? And they're like, yeah. So I essentially got free promo for like eight months from this company. Yeah. Um, 
And their playlist didn't have like overwhelming amounts of followers. It was like 10 to 20,000, which I mean, if you market them properly, like that's very, that's beyond reasonable. Um, yeah. But uh, I didn't understand like the listener to stream ratio or anything like that. Um, but they were putting my songs on whatever I wanted and just leaving them there as so long as I was doing design. So yeah. uh, I think I ended up dropping my album, Woke Up Different. And I was like, this song, uh, Woke Up, is going to get like a million streams. Like this shit is like, I feel like I finally hit some sort of peak in my career here. Um, yeah. And it's going to do really well. So I like, I made sure that they prioritized that one. And that one probably got about 150,000 bot streams from them. And I had learned a lot in this time of like promoting my album about like bot streams from other people's videos, articles that I was reading. And I was like looking at my things and it was like for every one listener, there was one stream and like I would get oh, 10,000 yeah. streams and 10,000 listeners. And I was like, wow, all of these playlists are fake. But at the time it initialized the algorithm for me. And so I've been in Discover Weekly getting 50,000 streams on that song a month since then. Mm -hmm. And that song dropped in February of 2020. So, so, so you, you accidentally promoted your music with bots, but yep. it actually helped you. <laughs> yes. So That's crazy. a huge portion of my real streams are from an accidental bot playlist uh, company. So I, I've heard of, I've seen people hire, hire companies that, you know, claim they're doing everything legit. And then after they get on the playlist, they see all this super sketchy data, like horrible save rates, horrible listen rates. And, um, and then like I've seen those people have issues where they they never get a fans also like section, and like their followers are kind of dead when they get they might have like five thousand followers but when they when their song comes out they get like no streams from release radar and so like they're like almost in a panic mode because like they feel like they've screwed their Spotify profile over. I've never heard of anyone who's done that and then actually had something good come from it. I know <laughs> so. it's actually wild. Like it hasn't stopped. Like I get like so many streams from that playlist like i put out way better music i've promoted more i've gotten like way more like money put into organic traffic and time and everything and it's like that one song is the only one hitting discover weekly consistently which kind of mm -hmm. bothers me but i mean like i can't <laughs> complain <laughs> right so. right yeah the, the discover weekly thing can be interesting because like for example my song chains is, is always like it's probably responsible for half my streams you know, I, I've gotten like two and a half million, like 2.7 million streams total on Spotify and over a million are from Chains. And wow. I'm still proud of the song, but like I'm way more proud of the like seven songs I did after that because I think as artists, we're always, you know, most recent thing you do is the best thing we do, right? Um, yeah. But I, I guess the, the market just disagrees, right? Like <laughs> it's, or I mean, it could be the case once a song gets rolling, the algorithms just keep pushing it, but it is kind of frustrating sometimes when you drop a song and you're like, you're like, this one's the best thing I've ever done. It gets on Discover Weekly, but then it just kind of, you know, pew, kind of peters to its death like a couple months <laughs> yeah. later. Um, so I'm sure you feel the same way. The song you accidentally promoted is now your 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 freaking jam at the moment. <laughs> yeah, um, it's it's annoying, but I I can't complain really because I do think the song is good mm -hmm. in. The concept of it i've gotten so much better at mixing and i could have gotten a better beat or better production behind it um so it kind of just bothers me that my stuff sounds better not necessarily yeah. that like the styles are changing or something like i understand that i'll do like a more pop thing now versus that was like pretty much all hard stuff and so people aren't going to gravitate to that if they 
liked woke up. Yeah. Um, so that makes sense to me why they might try to like put it in discover weekly or something for a bit. And then it doesn't really do so well. Um, because it's like, they're trying to do it towards, I, I assume the same people that enjoyed woke up, right? Like that would make sense. So it's not their style. So they don't really recognize or mess with it. So to me, that makes yeah. sense. And I feel like that just takes time to like, uh, you know, garner your audience. That's actually going to care for every piece. Um, yeah. but, uh, I found it to be. Yeah. I, I don't know if Spotify does stuff like that where if one of your songs is doing really well when the next song gets released, like a Discover Weekly or Algorithmic Push, that it pushes similar people to your previous ones because I drop very different like styles of music regularly. Like Chains is very poppy and, and like almost Chainsmokers-y. That's why it's called... Originally, that's why it was nicknamed Chains because right. I wrote it to purposely sound like the Chainsmokers. And then Jarrett just made, that's the only song that I've done in a while that I'm not doing vocals. He just made the v lyrics focus around the idea of like chains and, and, his, and his story behind it. So it was a, you know, every time I write a song, I give it a bogus name, like a working title. And he just made the working title, the real title by writing a story around it. Um, nice. But with, with that one, it's very like Chainsmokers. And then my other song that does the best in Discover Weekly is more like Linkin Park merged with Lil Nas X is how I normally think of it. Like, hmm. that's what I was going for when I wrote it. It's my song, Socialize. Like, it's like a guitar riff that leads the song with hip hop drums. And there's, it's like singing, but there's kind of pseudo rapping. And um, there's a scream in the chorus. So it's like, it's a lot different from Chains. And right. they both push really well on Discover Weekly, despite being completely different songs for completely different people. Huh. so interesting i don't know like if what you were saying were like because of that song if like when a new song gets pushed out that people are like oh i don't like this because it doesn't sound like that like i'm not 100 percent sure if how spotify determines that right no that's fair i don't i have no clue i just that was kind of a guess yeah i mean same yeah. with me i have no proof that, that's just my uh my experience <laughs> but, right yeah so so you you did that the playlist thing um what have, what have you done? Like on your channel, you have a bunch of videos. And by the way, if, if anyone here that's watching hasn't seen uh, Nolan's channel or 17's channel, whatever you want to call it, <laughs> then go check it out. Um, I think I put a link in the description, but if you click the, the link in this video, um, it says like chatting with MMXVI, just click the title. It'll take you to his channel. Um, after the stream, of course, make sure you stay to the stream. But um, <laughs> he has a bunch of videos testing out different music marketing stuff you've, you've tried. You've tried like repost exchange. You've tried mm -hmm. changing your gamer tag. <laughs> you've, yep. you've done uh, you've done Facebook ads. You've you've done I think playlisting services. So, um, yep. ever since that moment, I guess uh, what's been like the worst experience? Playlist push by mm -hmm. far. Holy, yeah. if you want the full summary, definitely watch the video. But people were like, yo, I was like, at, at the end of one video, like I just decided to say, like, I'd never done this, but I do it in like most of my videos now. I was like, like, give me any, any ideas of like websites you guys want me to like spend money on? Because like, <laughs> I, I have a bit of it that I can spend and try out and just like see if it works. It's a good write off for me. Maybe it works, maybe it doesn't. Then you guys get the knowledge. It's like a win-win in every situation, right? Yeah. So, um, everyone was like spamming playlist push playlist push i did a poll and everyone was like playlist push and i was like okay so i tried it out and their minimum i think you have to pay i think the minimum is 300 
Yeah, it was like it came to like two ninety two US. So for me, that was like oh. three eighty Canadian. Yeah, you you guys get screwed in that conversion rate. I've seen it. <laughs> I know, I know. <laughs> and most of my audience is in the US too. So I like pretty much always operate in like USD yeah. for the conversion. So it's nice on my end. But then also like I was doing like prize giveaways and stuff. So there's no like fees. Like the the conversion fees take a lot. Like it's so annoying. So yeah, yeah. I do everything in USD for that reason. But yeah, so I I tried out Playlist Push and paid their stupid upfront fee. And I forget how many streams I got, but it was only like a couple of thousand. And I I did calculations on like how much cost per stream it was. And it was like over a dollar. And it was like, yeah. it was a nightmare, man. And um, <laughs> yeah, so I, I hate that brand, man. That was the worst one. I feel like I want that money back more than I care about the video, to be honest. So. Yeah, I, I use them in 2019. Back when I, like in 2019, I tested out any music service I could find. Like, and if I found a company that did music marketing, I, I hired them and paid the money and, and tried it out. <laughs> and and so I tried out almost every playlist service that at least existed at that time. There's a lot more now. Um, and I tried playlist push and I think I did $350 and I think I got added to two playlists that I get kicked off like two weeks to four weeks later and I got relatively small streams, no meaningful growth and followers, saves, whatever. Um, and I've known so many people that have done similar campaigns. It's been this, the same case. Now, I will say I'm working on a video now that where I'm getting an older song and testing out, putting it through like a pretty sizable playlist push and submit hub campaign just to see like how that compares. I thought it'd be a cool video. Um, <laughs> and it's doing way better this time. So I will say like I paid now, I did a bigger campaign. I did like a $570 campaign on playlist push, but I think it's been added I think it's being pitched to 65 playlists. It's been added to like nine or 10 playlists, sizable playlists in like good slots, like number one in some of the slots. Um, nice. The streams haven't been fantastic, but um, the thing is, I'm not sure. Like, I think the conclusion of that video is going to be if I just spend that $600 in Facebook ads, like, because the save rate's atrocious. <laughs> like I see the listeners and the streams coming in, but the saves are just like nothing. And, um, so I don't know. That's that's coming up in like the next month. I'll have that video. But I agree. Excited for that one. Holy yeah, Play that's an, so annoying. <laughs> yeah, Damn. it's so like so. I'm a curator on Playlist Push as well. Nice. And Submit Hub. On the back end, it's exactly the same for both servers. The only difference is Playlist Push pays me three to five times more. That's Jesus. the only difference. So. <laughs> It's like wow. when, when people ask me, should I use Playlist Push? I'm like, just use Submit Hub. Because um, it's like you get more control. It's cheaper. Um, it's good to be a curator on Playlist Push because you get paid way more per song. But it's kind of like, I don't know. They gave me an affiliate link, and I don't think I'll ever share it because I don't want anyone to actually use their service. Right. I just <laughs> want the, the little payouts for the pitches or whatever. Yeah, that's smart. Yeah. I, I actually submitted a couple of my Spotify playlists for Submit Hub to try to be a curator. They like rejected me or whatever. And then like you can come back like 60 days later or something. Yeah. And I did that like two weeks ago and they rejected me again. And I'm like, okay, guess there, I'm up, done with this. There are a lot but... more picky um, in general on Submit Hub, especially with playlisters. I, I think if you were an influencer on like Instagram or TikTok, you would get accepted in like a second. Um, huh. that's what they're it's like whatever they're looking for at the time 
is like they'll open the floodgates but if they're not looking for more spotify they'll be like super picky because i've heard of a few other people grow pretty engaged playlists and get rejected so it's unfortunate interesting yeah yeah but for artists out there the fact that submit hub's pickier is a good sign i think <laughs> yeah i agree i mean to me the, one of the greatest things for me has been just promoting my own playlists like that has helped me like a lot like not in the not in the sense that it's like it gets me so many streams but it's that i know i always have this little reliable asset that's like constantly growing and people are using it like i have a no copyright twitch playlist so it's yeah. like all copyright free music that people can use um and then another one that's uh just like it's discover weekly dot 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 but it's actually good <laughs> because i know my discover weekly ends up getting filled with like 60 percent garbage and i just don't like any of it so i go through my own put in what i want people from my streams that come out i like throw their music in these and then each week i update it and it's actually got like good quality music in it every week and yeah. um i had that named as a different playlist a long time ago and i put like 200 bucks in a promo it got like 400 followers and then i didn't pay for any promotion since and it's now sitting at like almost 1200 followers and it's just grown in the last like month and a half two months organically somehow might be from people searching i have no idea yeah. how they're finding it but um <laughs> it's like growing consistently and it's getting more streams in my no copyright twitch playlist which has more followers at the moment so um yeah, yeah like it's interesting and i think those are something i would like definitely consider putting more money towards because you know you put money towards the one song for promoting it it's great definitely going to be helpful if you can do both but i feel yeah. like promoting that asset is great for me and all the artists that are involved because i kind of have like some artist friends and stuff that i want like put on too so i don't know i think that's a good route yeah i think every artist should have playlists as well i found it helpful to have some i mean i have a ton of playlists just because of the whole like well, back in 2019 when i got burnt enough times of doing playlist services i was like i'm just going to grow my own network of playlists and that way i can put my own stuff and so now i have like 25,000 playlist followers because of that but for most people i wouldn't do that i would probably make a few playlists like you have like no copyright and like you know discover weekly but it's good kind of thing like um and definitely like a this is playlist so i have like this is andrew southworth and so I'm sure you have a this is MMXVII. Ironically, I haven't made that yet. I definitely should. Okay. Well, what <laughs> I do is time. like my artist pick is always just that playlist. So it's kind of like like a best of album in a way. So I put like my most most popular and newest songs at the top of it. Um, <laughs> and then I found that to be useful to have. It's cool. It's like just all my music. So if I'm like sharing someone new to my music just organically, I'll send them that playlist so they can kind of check out the whole the whole gambit <laughs> nice yeah i definitely should do that it i feel like i i i thought of the idea before but i also just thought to myself i'm like well if they're gonna go to my page they'll listen to it but i guess if you're sharing it to somebody i mean it makes sense because yeah. then you can like kind of direct them in this through like you want them to hear this song first type deal right so. well if also yeah. if they're on the free plan of spotify they can't listen to any song they want on your profile but if what yeah if, if you're if you have a free spotify account and you're on a cell phone you can't listen to any song you want what's wait how does it work <laughs> so you can if you go to your, someone's profile you can play their artist radio which mixes the artist music with related artist music 
or you can shuffle any playlist. So if you have a playlist pinned in your profile, you can click the artist playlist and, and shuffle the playlist. So if it's all your music, you know to listen to your music. Um, okay, I'm making one of those right after this stream then, because <laughs> I had no idea that was a thing. I get quite a bit of a, like, like decent streams in radio slash, uh, yeah. I forget what the other one's called, Daily Mix. Yeah, and so, and so that's, I think that's one of the most common reasons why people get radio streams, is people on a free plan of Spotify on a phone, where like they want to hear your music, but they can't just pick any song they want, so they just click radio. Um, mm -hmm. Also, like if you're a related artist, if they pick that artist's radio, you might come up in it too. So there's like a few ways, but um, that's one reason why with Facebook ads, usually there's a 50% drop-off between conversions and listeners. Because right. roughly half of Spotify's audience or user base is on the free plan. So if you send them to a song, mm. they'll normally just bail. <laughs> Damn. Um, so it's a... So sometimes sending people to a playlist can make sense for that reason. But uh, And then uh, Martin Blasic says, it's true. I was so confused on free Spotify and phone. <laughs> Paid account now. <laughs> that, that must be new because I used to use Spotify for free. And it was just like they threw ads in between like every two songs or something. On a phone though? We're using it on a cell phone for free? Yeah. Yeah, I swear there was, no. I don't think it was always like that. Maybe not. I don't know. Or maybe it was like you could save the album and I could like play an album. I don't I remember know. how it went, but. I've had Spotify since when I was in college, I think 10 years ago or something. Sheesh. I'm 30 now. So it's, um, I think yeah. I got it like 10 years ago or so. Um, and I don't remember. I don't know. I've been paying for it, I think, most of that whole time. Um, so I don't know. I think I, I think I, there was a student discount back in the day, so I just grabbed, it was like two dollars or three dollars a month or something stupid, something super cheap. Um, right. <clears throat> but yeah, Cave says MMX VII is my spirit animal. That's my boy. He lives right near me. We're like best friends. Oh really? <laughs> yeah. That's good. So this isn't like a creepy stalker situation. We're not no. gonna have to give you get you a new name and move you out of the country. No. Hi, Caves. <laughs> Appreciate you coming through, brother. Yeah. So I guess let's uh, let's chat some about YouTube because you've you've only been doing YouTube videos for what like a year and a half or something. We're we're reaching two years soon, I think. Here, a couple months. Yeah. And you're you're already at. Uh, I have your YouTube channel open, so you're at sixty five, roughly sixty five hundred subscribers, which is pretty pretty killer for less than two years. Honestly, like a lot of people when they ask me like how much like you know. If I'm doing this plan on YouTube, how much can I grow in a year? I would only say if you hit a thousand in your first year, you're doing great. And um, you got six, six, sixty five hundred after two years. So like, um, I think part of the reason why you make dope thumbnails, your thumbnails you. are phenomenal. Appreciate so, it. Like I, I was looking at your thumbnails the other day and trying to like get inspiration to up my thumbnail game. So I'm guessing that's the graphic designer in you. I, I tell this to people all the time graphic design like though it i was burnt out after school like it was one of the best decisions i ever made if i have any ideas for anything i can make it <laughs> and it's like yeah. make it nice too it's not like you know i kind of have to like watch a tutorial or anything no shade to people who do but it's just like it's great because i can personalize everything really quickly and yeah. so most things you'll see from me are like very consistent in design and style and i i'm really proud of that so yeah yeah 
Well, good. I'm, I'm, apparently, it's showing off because I noticed it. So it's. Uh, <laughs> Cheers. I'm gonna have to hire you to do my thumbnails. <laughs> I thought about offering it to you, but um, like I was literally like I saw your thumbnails. I was like, man, this guy makes really good videos, but he won't respond to me. He's pretty big. He's doing a lot of stuff, and like Whoa. I don't know, like. Like I would definitely make you some thumbnails or at least a template, like if you want. Like I could definitely help oh, with that yeah. for sure. Hell yeah, man. After the call, let's 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 chat about this. For sure. Cause um you know, like I can I can use Photoshop and um I can I can get what I want done roughly, but mm -hmm. it's like I'm not a professional in Photoshop, you know. So it's um and I've been doing little things to improve the thumbnails, but like I look at yours and there's like the the color scheme, like the 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 facial expressions, how everything's super readable. You do a really good job of it. But so anyways, we'll talk about that after after this call. But um okay. your what's been like your experience with, with YouTube? Like how was the journey for that? So I was originally just using the channel for my music and I dropped an album called Round Two on this uh thing and then I ended up uh like using the same free loop from Looperman is some other artist that I was friends with. And then we both happened to drop our albums on the same day. I listened through his, thought it was dope. I was like, oh, he used the same loop as me. He listened through mine, decided he was gonna have a spaz attack and then tried to expose me that like, you know, I stole his beat or like he sent the beat to one of my other friends that like we're friends with together or whatever, mutual friends. And he sent me the beat and I stole it and used it. And then I made this diss track on him just for fun because like, uh, my friend Iotis that I was mentioning before that like taught me design, we were living together at this point. And yeah. um, he like woke me up at like 1am. He's like, yo, 99AP is friggin' calling you out right now, like trying to expose you. And I was like, he's like, you're gonna want, like, I'd want you to wake me up if this was happening. And I woke up and I was like, yo, like what? And so I like try to message him and he's like, he's like, yo, shut the, whatever. And like, he just goes off in the DMs. Like you can envision how, you know, a little kid response would be. And then, um, <laughs> whatever so of course i don't take my stuff down because it's a free loop and then uh i make this diss track like i just sit up because i can't sleep now i just record this whole diss track on them i go to work come back the next day we record this one shot music video i send the music video clips off to uh, a videographer who was doing actually his videos and then <laughs> it was like it was supposed to be a little scheme to like try to take my music off a little bit because he's like I'll edit it for you and then like I'll bring it to him and be like yo like he made this diss track like you got to respond and then he's like I'll make the video and like whatever and it was supposed to be like this little mini beef buzz but then uh he decided he wasn't going to respond like he just like blocked me on a bunch of stuff and like it didn't go anywhere but people loved that uh diss track um and they're from London Ontario so like two and a half three hours from where I am um and so all of the like I have a ton of friends out there and they were all like like they would be in like his uh collective group of friends and like rag on him forever to try to get onto it and like it's like yo and they'd be like singing his bars like or singing my bars and then they like throw the the music video up on a projector while they're like working on other stuff like it was so funny i like hearing all these stories i was like let's go like this guy wimped out of a diss track because he like found out it was a free loop and i was like oh, this is great so i don't understand like like if you're using free loops on the internet you should have like zero expectation of exclusive exclusivity. Like that's, well, the thing that's is crazy. The thing is he doesn't do his own production. He got a producer friend who happened to use the same loop as me. And like, oh. it was just ironic. Like it was big coincidence. Hmm. So, um, so I put that up and it got like a thousand views or something. And people were like rocking with it. So I was like, oh, let's put some more stuff out on YouTube. I just 
thought I would do it. I'd already grown like a YouTube channel before um, under my artist name. Like I used to go under Neon Rain GFX when I was doing graphic design. And then I switched to Made by Nolan, which isn't a YouTube channel anymore, but I still have like mm. my portfolio and everything up. Um, so if you ever search that up, that's also me. But uh, yeah, so I was like, let's do some more YouTube videos because I kind of have an idea of like how to do thumbnails and whatever now. So Fiverr videos were starting to take off. So I did like a, a Fiverr video thing. I wanted to promote uh, my music. So I spent 50 bucks on music promotion for Apple Music because I knew a lot of people were doing Spotify promo. And I was like, is there a way to promote on Apple Music? So I looked up playlist promo for Apple Music. There was a couple of gigs. I bought them, shared my results. Um, it was only like a couple hundred extra streams. Um, but I mean, it, I don't know if there's algorithmic playlist there or anything, but I still get like a decent uh-huh. amount of streams. Yeah, so I think I, I it triggered a little something there on the same song that actually kind of took <laughs> off on Spotify, ironically. Yeah. Um, and so I put out that video and it just took off. Like it got like 10,000 streams in like the first week or two weeks or something, and I, or 10,000 views, sorry. Yeah. And I was like, oh, word, let's go. So I know one other thing, how to promote on Instagram. I just learned this promo technique. Let's do that. So I followed up the video with an Instagram promo video. And it got even more streams. I'm pretty sure, or more views. I think it has more views right now still. It's like one of my first two videos on the channel. Here's how I promote my music on Instagram. 15,000 views two years ago. Yes. So um, does that have more than the one before it? Uh, No, the one before I spent $50 on Fiverr Apple as 20,000. Oh, okay. So yeah, they kind of went back and forth. Like they still are like some of my top performing videos to date. So it's, it's pretty funny. So, um, (laughs) Anyway, so I put out those videos and I was like, wow, YouTube is going to bless me. So I got a thousand subscribers in about like a month and a half. And I was like, word, let's go. So I just started following it up with more and more videos. I guess this is the way to go. Uh, The whole Bovid hit. And um, (laughs) then uh, we started getting the Serb checks here in Canada where it was 2000 bucks a month. So I just like- They gave you guys 2000 bucks a month? I know, I know. The U.S. was... Whoa, yeah, man, guys, we're getting screwed over here. Jesus. You have been. <laughs> it was crazy. <laughs> Ironically, That's this nuts. is a different topic, but just like I'll lightly touch on it. We have like all American politics and television. Like we know everything about America, but it seems like America knows nothing about everywhere else. It's so weird. Like we have yeah. a law here that stops people from broadcasting too much American content. Like we have to have a specific wow. set percentage of Canadian content. Yeah. And it's something broadcasting act. And so... Yeah, yeah. The, the only reason I know anything about Canada is because I, I have a few clients and friends that are from Canada. So, like, like they'll tell me what their, like, current lockdown situation is. And I'm like, what? It's like, you guys are still, like, completely, at least he is, I know Canada's a big, big country. But at least in his region, he's, like, 100% lockdown. Like, there's no concerts, there's no restaurants or bars open. And here, it's like, you can go anywhere. You can go to the movies. You can go, I'm going to a concert in two weeks. <laughs> like there's, yep. we're completely opened up and back to work. Um, but yeah. I think, I think that might just be the American way to kind of ignore every other, ignore every other country. Yeah. Know? I kind of wish we were on that wave at this point. Like it's two years. We're not really getting anywhere with these lockdowns. So I yeah. just would rather not have them <laughs> personally. Yeah. But uh, anyway, it's, it's a, it's a crazy situation. Unfortunately, everyone gets pissed on both sides. So no matter what you say, everyone, someone's mad at you if you're, uh, yeah. <laughs> if you're for them or against them. But um, yeah, that, this is a, good, it's a valid point. Um, us Americans don't, don't pay too much attention about Will Canada, even though we should, because it's like right there. 
you know. <laughs> I know. That's um, funny. So, well, yeah, because I, I heard you guys were getting you guys were getting like nine hundred bucks a month or something, right? No, we got like after six months, we got nine hundred bucks, and then like a year later, we got another seven hundred dollars. But it was like if you made too much money, you got nothing. So it was, um, yeah, and it was based off the previous year's tax return too. So it was like, I think I got seven hundred or eight hundred dollars after like six, the first six months. And then that's all mm -hmm. I got. I never got anything more. Yeah, there was a cap for us too. Like you had to qualify for it within a certain amount, but I'm assuming it was a lot more lenient and uh, yeah. than the US. Like you had to have worked a job too. Like you can't have been like on EI already basically and then claim 2000. Um, so anyone who like lost their job or was self-employed already, um, you know, could claim it. So I was starting yeah. my self-employment with YouTube stuff. And um, uh, yeah. so... Anyway, leading back to where I was at with that story, so we don't get too off track, <laughs> I saved for like two or three months, um, and I was using a MacBook, MacBook Pro that I needed for school, because they they made you use a Mac, like you needed to have a Mac, because yeah. I mean, design industry standard is like yeah. Mac stuff, but it was like they wouldn't accept you in the course, I don't think, like unless you told them you had a Mac, so I was like, all right, so my parents bought me one, which was nice, and I was using it, I really loved it, actually, I'm not an Apple user or like fan, but I really loved the laptop. Um, and so, uh, I was using, I was doing everything on that. And then I was like, you know what? I think I'm going to spend all of my savings on a PC setup right now. So I spent every last cent that I had in my savings on it. Three days later, after building my PC laptop screen breaks oh, and I go to get a quote on the, uh, on the fix, it's going to cost more than a brand new laptop. So I just sold it for parts, a couple hundred bucks. So now I got 200 bucks in savings and I'm waiting on another 2000 check. And I've got this brand new PC setup, and I'm like, perfect. Like, I've had stuff like that happen my whole life, but this was just another one, like where I just like blessed timing by accident. So, yeah. Um, yeah, that was like one of the best decisions I ever made. I started editing again, which was nice, and yeah, from there I just made a bunch of YouTube videos. Nice. Damn, that was a roller coaster of a story. We went ran from <laughs> computers parts to stimulus checks all the way back to pushing out YouTube videos. Yeah. <laughs> so um, you've like, one thing I'm wondering about your channel, cause like the, what you're doing with your channel, you, you kind of, you're kind of a multi-topic channel. Everything's around you. I think you've done a good job about keeping things like, you're talking about some music production, but you're also talking about some music marketing e-business stuff, which is something that I tried briefly in like early 2020. Like I started covering music marketing and I was still doing music production and I was like, okay, I'm going to split my channel half and half music production, music marketing. What happened was every time I dropped a music production video after those first music marketing ones, they just did horrible. Right. <laughs> so I just slowly transitioned into doing only um, the music marketing thing. But you kind of blend these two different things and it seems like they do relatively well. Um, like it seems like some of your, some of your topics do much better than others, but like, relatively consistent um mm -hmm. have you found any struggles and trials and tribulations of uh being kind of a you know having multiple niches on youtube yeah definitely because when i started doing more and more videos i was like i need stuff to post like twice a week right because i wanted to keep up with that that traction yeah um so i did like just whatever music related things i could think of so i wanted to try like different series and just like figure out what worked um luckily for you you're looking at a great filtered version that i i literally fixed up 
mid-December. Like I took down a lot of videos that didn't uh, perform well. Um, and I took down ones that didn't fit this sort of like thing that I'm going for. Um, so pretty much at this point, it's like how to market your music or um, how to make your music better. And that's pretty much yeah. like all I'm doing with the odd reaction video in there because I have live streams. People really like them. Patrick CC is the homie and like I'm doing stuff for like his stuff. Like for whenever he drops, I try to do like reactions and stuff like that. So oh, yeah, he, he's um, a he's a cool dude. I, I yeah, I was I was doing a live stream with him was fun. Um, and he's doing really well on YouTube and in the music stuff. Like um, you see, hit like a million streams in his first month of being a music artist, <laughs> which is kind of Wild. like which is like congrats to him. But like I'm sure every artist is like, man, I've been making music for ten years, and this YouTuber comes around and and drops an album that gets a million in his first month. But uh, yeah, yeah. He's, he's, a, he's a nice guy. Mm -hmm. no, I like Pat. Pat's dope. I was there watching the interview too. I thought it was really interesting. I always like to oh, hear really? what uh, what Pat has to say. Like he's a he seems like he's got like the right amount of like mysteriousness to him. Like I just yeah. don't know enough, but I like want to. So I, I've yeah. gotten some comments from on that interview. Like he's 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 got some haters. It seems like it's like someone hopped in my comments for that interview with him and was like, I don't know what it is, but. He just looks like slimy or whatever, and I'm like, I don't know what to tell you, man. He's he's a he's a pretty chill guy, and he's coming on here sharing his knowledge for free on YouTube. Like, and there's a couple people coming in and hating on him, and I'm just like, I, I guess it comes with the territory because he is a pretty big audience. You know, you're gonna gain some gain some haters. He probably he probably like made fun of the wrong rapper or something, and their biggest fan is offended. <laughs> probably something like that. Yeah. Who knows. But um, yeah, back to what I was saying is I, I was trying to do like, you know who Hivemind are? Uh, no, I don't think so. so. They're a pretty big channel on YouTube. I think they got like 150K subs now or something. And uh, they do like fun music related stuff. So they do like guessing the rapper by the type beat, guessing the rapper by the cartoon pun was their biggest series. And it was super cool. Thumbnails are beautiful. They're very funny. Like they're very funny guys to watch. Well, these it's thumbnails kind of like, are really popping. Yeah, I know. It's they're pretty much like the Rhett and Link of music. Ah, uh, I love me some Rhett and Link. Yeah, so they're doing really well for themselves. And I started trying to do a bit of that content when they were like first starting, like not first starting, I guess, but they had like 50k subs, and I was like, yo, this is getting traction. So I tried doing some of those. Didn't do so well. Um, I tried doing um like like I made videos on how to use repost exchange, and those did well, like how to use them but then i tried doing like funny reaction videos where i'd like you know either find some good songs or like uh you know harp on some bad ones or whatever just for fun like i always kept it lighthearted, of course but i tried to do some like entertaining stuff mm -hmm. never really did that well um a few people loved them that were like my core fans but like the majority of the time it just really didn't work yeah. uh, and i had a lot of those videos and they just didn't perform well so i found like my drops weren't doing so hot um so I decided recently to like filter them out and just like keep it to a minimum style and minimum uploads. And then I also yeah. found my YouTube live streams doing them so consistently, which I was doing them for two, two times a week for a wow. while. And uh, it was really destroying my traction. Like my, my streams would get a lot of push and I would get like 30, uh, I don't know, like a couple hundred unique viewers, but not like concurrent, just like it would mm. tell me the stats and those were getting pushed, but my videos really weren't. They were getting like one to 200 views. And I was like, this is not good for having like 5K plus subs or whatever. And yeah. 
the videos before were doing really well. So um, that's recently why I switched to doing Twitch streams. Community is 10 oh, times right. better in the, the discovery for listening to your music streams. Sorry, my cat's jumping on me. Oh, um, that cat's so dark. I didn't even see, see him in the show. Yeah, I know. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> You might see his little beady eyes. <laughs> it looked like you were just grabbing like a shadow. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, um, anyway, so oh, where was I? Where, where did I leave uh, off? You're there? talking about you. You switched to Twitch. Something about discoverability. Right. Right. So the listening to your music streams on Twitch are fantastic. So I switched over really? to that. It's been ten times better, and it seems like my videos are already performing better. Like I have videos from oh. a couple months ago that have less than five hundred views, and then one I dropped like three days ago has over five hundred already. And so, it's like so kind of an unconventional one. So, so your your hypothesis about that is that uh, something about streaming on YouTube was messing with like the the video performance. Yeah interesting i haven't Patrick heard... had that same theory too so i kind of followed suit with uh, that his stuff's doing better now too and he told me that was like a big switch and it's working so because like I, i've done i've um i've i've tried to learn a lot about youtube like i watch a lot of youtubers youtube channels like people who teach you know grow youtube stuff and i've taken a lot of courses from like video creators with tim schmoyer and like i've asked him like hey you know how does, does this affect this and for the most part it sounds like no at least not officially but right. like, I'm wondering, you know, just hearing you say that I've heard other people that purposely stream over on Twitch because they for, they think it has something to do with performance. But I've been thinking about like, I, I like keeping everything on YouTube, but um, I've been thinking about using Restream and dual streaming over to Twitch. I don't know if you've ever heard of Restream. Yeah, yeah um, I tried it for a bit. It was very unstable for me and I just did really? not like it at all. And there's uh, a huge delay. So really? Okay. Yeah, like the ultra low delay was like six plus seconds every time. And if my internet bugged, it was like a really bad reboot. So I just like quit pretty much instantly. Wow. Okay. I mean, I'll I'll probably still try it because I have like gigabit up and down. Nice, nice. Yeah. um, (laughs) That's a perk of living in a, a, you know, Massachusetts. We got got good internet here compared to a lot lot of the other states. Um, But the, if the delay is really bad, that's I guess that wouldn't really matter for me too much. I guess it's nice it is nice having be able to have some kind of chat with your your live chat. And if it's mm-hmm. four extra like it's already kind of confusing sometimes because I'll answer someone's question and then they'll reply and then they'll already be like, you know, like I'll already be on a completely different topic when I went back. So if it's if it's six seconds instead of like two, that is kind of uh, kind of bad. Mm-hmm. Someone like in the chat really, says if you sit show there and Sorry, God. I was gonna say someone in the chat says show cat. <laughs> oh, he's gone now. Can't show him. Oh, Sorry. Just just grab him next time back. he comes around. Sorry, what, what were you gonna say? Oh, I was just gonna say the um uh the delay, like if you sat there and counted out like ten seconds, like that's a weird length between a conversation, right? <laughs> like you can't sit there and converse with people with ten seconds in between. So it's like the time it takes them to get what you say and then type it out and then send it back, it's like ten seconds, right? So it's like yeah. It's really crummy and slow. So Twitch, I think it's like pretty much instant. It's like one second on ultra low for me. So it's like nice. Like I really yeah. like it. Wow. I might have to do try a Twitch thing. That's interesting. I've heard a lot of people's tr- streamers leaving Twitch to go to YouTube. Yeah, I know. Obviously being and... offered millions of dollars. But <laughs> um, yeah. But uh, it's interesting. I know a few other people who stream on Twitch. And I think that, I mean, do, do you do like for money like you take like do subs and donations or anything like that uh so i have 
the subs, which gets you like a skip the line. Like I pretty, the majority of my streams are like listening to your music streams. Sundays yeah. I do different ones, like mixing your music and stuff like that. But I, yeah, I do take subs on there. I'm affiliated. Not really like just because I'm a DistroKid member, like DistroKid has this thing where you can like be affiliate on Twitch, like instantly, oh. which is cool. So um, I too. got affiliated I'm, through I'm that. I'm also on DistroKid, so I'll have to. Good nice. To know. nice yeah they're my they're my big sponsor they're the bread and butter which is what kind of keeps me in this which is dope we can talk yeah. about that in a bit but um yeah. yeah so i'm affiliated there i do like five dollar tips for skip the line as well now too um and so yeah like that's pretty much how i get the extra revenue there which is nice does twitch take 30 percent of every um super chat like youtube does they don't have super chat they have cheering which is, that, is like bits. So, oh wait, so how do you do the tip? Do you do like a third party thing? So yeah, I use stream elements now after that whole like stream labs whole controversy, I just like switched over. And so like I use the tip page for $5 skips there. But if you subscribe to my channel too, like if you become a sub, it also counts as a skip. I don't make the $5 on that, but it's just nice to have like a bunch of subs. Like I, it'd be cool. You get like all the emotes. It like just brings you a part of the community and it still supports yeah. me. Um, and as affiliate, you only get 50%. I think as a partner, you get $3, not two and a half. I don't know. Oh, so it's actually even, they take you even bigger cut compared to, uh, yeah. YouTube. Wow. Yeah. It's kind of crappy there, but no, no wonder why Twitch is kind of dying. <laughs> it's, uh, it, it depends. I guess there's pros and cons. Cause it's like, if I'm doing the listening to your music streams, like I feel like Twitch is like so far infinitely better if i was like a valorant streamer like playing games you, you get yeah. no discoverability um the algorithm isn't great for pushing people unless you've like already got like viewers consistently you have to use other social media yeah. if you want to do listening to your music streams right now and you have zero followers you can go on set up something and you can be like having a thousand i guarantee you could have a thousand uh followers on twitch in two months really Wow. I'm willing to bet that I'm like almost willing to guarantee that. Like if you were to want to do those type of streams, Twitch is like yeah. insane for search results. It's crazy. Wow. I'll, I'll, I'll give it a try. I mean, in 2020, I did every Monday, I did music review Monday, like almost every week. And then 2021, I just stopped doing it entirely. And I'm trying to bring it back this year. So I've done one this year and I'll probably try to do it every other week. So maybe I'll give Twitch a push. I'll, uh, take your word for it and give it give it the old college try <laughs> yeah make sure you're using the keywords though like listening to your music i do listening to your music bracket feedback slash reactions because i mean everyone looks up reaction yeah. feedback music feedback and like i get all of that with the one title so it's like on youtube i don't think that matters so much i think it mostly is based off of a like like sure if like i do a listening to your music stream i can name it like reacting uh to music and it would push it out to the people that are like either your subscribers or like interested in the same type of audience i think that's yeah. more of how it goes but for the discoverability on twitch it's like direct search terms yeah with youtube it used to be all keyword based and now it's like there's still kind of keywords but like there's an example i saw before of like you could type in um how to draw a cute puppy on youtube right. to like learn how to draw like a cute dog and when you searched it, the top search result was actually a how to draw a kitten. And the reason for that was the kitten kind of looked like a dog in the thumbnail. And so mm -hmm. the, the reasoning behind why that came up is because a lot of children who were searching how to draw a cute puppy would see this cute kitten and click on it more often. So the keyword just got all completely overridden by the like algorithmic collaborative filtering element of YouTube. And so right. like 
the name of the game on YouTube is like get people to get the right people to click your thumbnail, read your title. And then when they land in the video, watch the whole video. And that's like the whole name of the game. The th like the, the title kind of matters in terms of keywords, but it, for the most part, like if people click on it and watch it, that's like the only thing that matters. Whereas it right. sounds like Twitch because Spotify is the same way. Like that's probably how your playlists are getting traction. People are searching for discover weekly because they're stupid <laughs> and, and they're not <laughs> looking in the right place. And then, so they, uh, they see yours for whatever reason, like there's probably you and a few other people, but they see yours. They like the thumbnail better. They click it and they follow it. Cause I, I've had playlists grow a couple thousand followers just randomly. Like I made one singer songwriters that make you feel and it gained like a thousand people in like six months organically but so spotify nice. straight up keyword match it seems um and I, it sounds like twitch is probably probably lazy too youtube is very up much into the algorithmic stuff yeah definitely well one other thing that i really like is that if you go on twitch at pretty much any moment of the day and search listening to your music music feedback reactions you can almost always find somebody on youtube Never. I pretty much just had to rely on either knowing who they are and what their schedule is or like getting one recommended to me. And there was yeah. probably like 10 that I could find. Like Valius does them. Uh, Patrick was doing them for a while. And next up, like the one who came into the chat earlier, does them weekly. Um, hmm. Like just a few people that I know of. But it was like if I searched, it was like you never really find too many videos. If they were, it was like deliberately a video. Like they made it a video and it wasn't a past live stream. Yeah. Um, and so it was like, damn, like, if people are looking for this, like on Twitch, like so constantly, I'm probably better to be there. And so, right. Yeah. Uh, how many concurrent viewers do you have when you do your, your um, music review streams? <clears throat> when I was doing them on YouTube, I was sitting around like probably 20 to 30, like concurrent, like on yeah. average. That's what I we have right now. Twitch. <laughs> I know. Nice. Nice. And over, uh, over on Twitch, I'd say like right now, after less than a month of being there, I'm sitting around the same amount, if not more. Like I've been getting peaks throughout uh, my streams of like 50. Okay. And so it's it's doing really well for the push of that type of stream, which is really nice. Yeah. And they stick around longer. There was a point where I was getting like a fair bit of boosts, like algorithm was just trying me out, I guess. Hmm. And um, like on YouTube. And it would be like, I got one day to like 90. And it was like, whoa like 90 people are in here and then it dropped yeah. down to 45 in like two minutes and then mm. i got another boost up to like 70 and then it dropped down to 30 and it was like 30 for the rest and sure like that it's great but it's like no one sticks around when i get yeah. like these boosts on twitch though it's like these people know i think they're coming for the stream they're they're growing on a streaming yeah. platform they're there to watch streams and so they go in, they watch and they actually sit there, which is nice. Like they actually watch the stream or lurk and like, that's a pretty common thing. And so I found yeah. the community in Twitch is 10 times better. And so like, you know, everyone who understands like marketing and stuff, like it's easier to farm than it is to hunt. And so when you've got a great community of people that want to lock in, it's like, it's great. Like it's just so consistent. So, yeah, well, that's pretty neat. And that makes sense. You know, it is easier to farm than it is to hunt. I guess like the benefit of doing on a YouTube channel is like, if you have an audience there then they're going to be it's going to be more likely that like if 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 they're not if they're not in your mailing list if they're not you know if, if they don't have an, if you don't have another way to notify them that you're live on twitch they have no way to know even though you're going live versus on youtube they might passively find it um, mm -hmm. but then again you could just announce the fact that you're streaming on twitch at a certain date in every video description and 
that would probably solve that issue. <laughs> I mean, yeah, I definitely, I do that. Plus some of my top videos that like I promote my stream in are still like going and they've got my like schedules in them. I have a discord community and like Twitch is pretty standard for discord. So, uh, yeah. almost like I was doing them through Twitter because that was standard for YouTube submissions. Like people were re retweeting a tweet and replying, but on Twitch, it's like everyone wants to join a discord. So I made huh. a discord and I've got like almost like 600 members in there, which is nice. nice. And so, you know, they can just get the notification cause it just, I have an auto thing. Whenever I go live, I just post it into the discord uh -huh. and then it's like a notification to everyone who has discord on. So if they're on their phone or on the desktop, it'll get them there. They also have the Twitch notifications potentially. Then I post on my Instagram and I tweet out that I'm live. So it's like, hmm. it's great cross promotion in every direction. For sure. And for everyone um, that's watching that doesn't want to become a YouTuber, um, all of this stuff can apply to just like even regular music. Like if a lot of music artists go live and um, I'd like just replace all this stuff here that we're saying for like the more YouTuber stuff with like, you know, instead of a music review stream, do like a music performance stream, do like a music mixing stream. And then like you can still have a discord and chat with all your people and funnel them over between your, your Twitch stream and, uh, yeah, like, the people ask me every time I talk about YouTube, some people are like, I don't want to be a YouTuber. I don't want to be an education channel. But like, it's kind mm -hmm. of the same thing. Like everything that you just said that you do, if you didn't do a single education video, you could still do it and to yeah. grow your channel. Um, oh, agreed. Yeah. It's just about providing value and getting to the people that value that thing that you're doing. Like that's really it. Yeah. Tricky part is finding the right people. <laughs> exactly. Here, can I quickly just grab a jug of water? Yeah, yeah, go for it. Yeah. All right, everyone. I'm gonna I'm gonna read through the chat a little bit while it's just me. Hold on, I'm reading my mouse here. Okay. Let's see, Josh Day TV, bro, Bromo Sapiens. That's a fun word, dude. <laughs> word. <laughs> nice. uh, Pete John, Studio Live today. Hey there, Andrew. Was recommended your videos by a member of the community. Enjoying your info. The DistroKid fast track for YouTube artist channel and Twitch affiliate is a cool feature. Yeah, I didn't even know about Twitch affiliate until until uh, no one here told me about it. Uh, YouTube artist channel thing, um, cool thing. If if any of you don't have a YouTube official artist channel, if you own any channel that's is a is a YouTube partner, you can just make yourself the admin of the other channel you want to be a music channel, and make it an official artist channel. So, because my YouTube channel is obviously partner YouTube partner program, but my music channels are not partner program but I was still able to make an official artist because of this channel. Um, so that's kind of like a workaround. And technically, if a friend of mine wanted to be official artist channel, they could make me an admin of their channel, and then I could request it for them and then give it back. <laughs> Interesting. Because the way I got mine, mine was through the DistroKid feature that you can like, uh, oh. like, I don't know if you know that they have that. You can like become an official artist through DistroKid by like oh. claiming your channel. So like they originally they like distributed it to a topic channel. Yeah. But then they have this feature where you just like log into a channel that you have as long as you have a song or a couple songs out and then they'll move your music over there, stop posting on a topic channel and that's what mine is. Mine is an artist channel, but oh. I also get the normal YouTube like before I had my official so. artist channel that was not a thing. I did not know that it was that easy now. That's dope. So yeah, ignore everything I just said and do what uh, do what he just said. <laughs> it's it's cool too because I went through their process of like trying to apply for it. it took yeah. like two months to get like really anything back in like Word, and 
that nothing happened. They said they would do it and then they just never did. And I was like, okay, I'm not mm. going to wait two months for this. So then I literally was just looking through DistroKid features one day and I found that and I was like, yo, word. And yeah. I did it and it got me the channel in like one day. And I was like, <laughs> cool. So yeah. I made a I, video on that and it's doing pretty well as well. <laughs> yeah, I can see why. Cause that's a common thing. I, I love DistroKid. I, I just, they get a lot of hate online. Um, and then every time I say I love them, some people accuse me of being like a, a show for DistroKid or whatever because I have an affiliate link, but like right. I pay for their service and genuinely love it. Like mm -hmm. I, it, it breaks my heart a little when I see people paying like a thousand dollars a year for TuneCore. Oh my god! <laughs> I used to be on TuneCore, man. That is so That's such a pathetic motto, in my opinion. What the, uh, the their their payment structure? Yes. Yeah. I hate that. You, you like you can't be independent front. for that. You pay upfront and you pay yearly on every release independently. And it's just like, I don't know. I, I pay a lot on DistroKid because I have like a label plan, but I only mm -hmm. pay like $150 a year for right. for 10 artist slots, unlimited music on all 10. Right. Um, and where on TuneCore, I'd be paying like a thousand bucks a year. I think I did the math and it was actually like, like hundreds, like it was like almost a thousand a year. And CD Baby is not much better. Um, but yeah, little <laughs> district kid plug. Use my affiliate link in the description for 7% off. <laughs> <laughs>